All right, the ball guys are back, and we have some business to take care of right off the top. Uh, uh, Dougie owes us a little something. I know where this is going right away. Uh, yeah, because, well, Gully, you weren't here for the last ball guys, but we no. were all we were discussing the, the Vikings' odds of winning that Buffalo game, and nobody, don't get me wrong, nobody was over the top Vikings victory, skull, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Dougie was so pessimistic about it, I asked him, I said, Dougie, if, if the Vikings somehow pull off the victory, you owe us a skull chant. Yes. Yeah, I thought we were going to have the great big horn I'd have to blow, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't get them to to loan me the Yaller horn, so I was I don't think I could hook it up to the back of my Kia and drag it here to Mankato. But uh, I do have the skull chant ready to go. Um, so all you have to do is listen. You'll hear the the drum beats. Yeah. I, need, I need arms arms raised, hands over the head, and clapping uh, on command until it's over. I honestly thought you were going to bring the the Vikings hat with the braids. I was I was already oh, concerned yeah. going to be wearing that today. Upgrades, <laughs> yeah. Well, so this will be thirty seconds of embarrassment. Helga would have been thirty minutes. So, <laughs> yourself lucky. All right, here we go. Here comes your skull chant. Get ready. <laughs> the biggest Bears fan in Mankato is doing. The skull chant. Oh, this is enjoyable. This is rich. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Look at my timing, too. I'm a natural born drummer. Wait for the horn. Wait for the horn. <laughs> there it is. There's the horn. There's Dougie doing the skull chants. Hey, Gully, how good was that? Pretty excellent. Uh, and you know what makes it even sweeter is that despite the officials trying to give the game to the Buffalo Bills, the Vikings still prevailed. 12 men on the field, unfortunately. Uh, and, and a pass catch that wasn't a pass catch. Uh, that wasn't even looked at. It wasn't even reviewed. No, they never that, even looked. How does that squeak by? Uh, there, there, yeah, there was some, there was some things that could have bit us in the butt. But yeah. uh, what a game. Gully, you've been watching these games for as long or longer than I have. Let me ask you, and, and there have been a lot of great games in Viking history, but was this, was the Vikings win over Buffalo and all the craziness that ensued, was it the greatest Vikings game ever? Well, it's a really good question, and I, I guess my answer is when it comes to having multiple myocardial infarctions, <laughs> right? Uh, I would say yes, you know, because I don't know that I've ever had so much, you know, swing from one side to the other, you know, oh, yeah. from absolute joy to complete despair, you know, just like, how do you even manage that? But, um, you know, and I, I mentioned this on my show, I admit it, I'm the worst Viking fan ever because <laughs> I have been disappointed for ever since the franchise was started, right? I mean, the Vikings have done one thing really well for like 50 years, and that's mess disappoint up. me. Yeah, they mess up. And yeah. and, uh, and so, you know, when they were unable to convert at fourth and one with very little time remaining, and all, all Buffalo had to do was just run a couple of plays, run the clock out, and they win the game, right? Yeah. Get it out of the end zone. Do it. So, do it. Yep. Uh, you know, we're, we're watching at the Ole, and I'm, I just left disgusted. 
And by the time I got to my car, there's Paul Allen on the radio broadcast <laughs> absolutely having an orgasm. And I'm like, what? What did I miss? What, course, could what I missed was the defensive play and 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 the uh, the the fumble essentially that uh, yeah. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Oh, so man. you were one of those that, that left early then yeah. and, and actually missed yeah. the end of it. What's that? I'm so sorry. you were one of those guys that actually left early and and missed the end of it then. Well, no, I didn't miss the end of it. I ended up um, probably going a little too fast. <laughs> to get back home so I could watch the remainder of the game on television rather than listening to the nothing wrong with the radio broadcast, but you know, I kind of want to watch it. Yeah. And so, um, no, so I watched the entire, you know, uh, last, that last, you know, drive that Buffalo made after our unfortunate, um, <laughs> I mean, what we missed, what we got, the, we got the, the touchdown, but then they were able to tie it because, yeah. of, you know, being able, and, and honestly, that was frustrating, and then yeah, it was you know the the overtime and all that. So yeah, I, I was I was able to watch it just you know in the privacy of my own home, which in a in a sense was good because it allowed me to scream at the top of my lungs <laughs> without offending anyone. Like a lunatic, I was. Yeah, they they just came down too quick after we took that lead, and it looked like it was it was ball game. And then ah, God, every time there, I don't care if it's. 12 seconds left or a minute 12, it just seems like they're always able to just march down the field on us easily. Yeah. And we just, we let them have these huge chunks of yardage. We let them go out of bounds easily. And it's as a fan, just so frustrating. Cause if you could just, I don't know, I don't know about that prevent defense. I was just going to say, I would love to find out who invented the prevent defense and sit down and have a stern talk with them because right. all these teams do it now. They all do. And it's awful. And I never see it like, oh, that was worked to perfection. They did, they prevented everything from happening. What a great prevent defense! No, it always it always allows the other team to just march right down the field. And so then, yeah, so we go to overtime and we can't get a touchdown out of the deal. Looks like we should, and we settle for a a field goal. And then they again. Here come here come the Bills again, marching down the field, and thank God for Patrick Peterson. He got wow. out of his wheelchair, made two <laughs> two interceptions, key interceptions. Um, he said he chugged an insure right before overtime, <laughs> and it just he got such a lift. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is Josh Allen, and I think that's the real. Um, you know, he is so dangerous because his. If he doesn't have a receiver open, he'll just tuck the ball and run, and he's yeah. so hard to stop because he actually can run. And he's the a big dude. Yeah. yeah. And good luck bringing him down. 6'4", 240, yeah. coming at you like a freight train. Yeah. A linebacker who throws the ball. So. Right? Yeah. Honestly. Honestly. Okay, so, so <laughs> back to the question, Dougie. Was this the greatest Vikings game ever, just play for play, score for score, how about the Minneapolis miracle? Wouldn't that be rated ahead of this game? Because that happened in the playoffs, but was that just one play? <laughs> I would, I would say overall, and I do watch a lot of Vikings games. Um, yeah, just the back and forth. And again, I don't know if it was a great game because of the play, because again, they probably shouldn't have been in that situation a half dozen times, but the emotion of the game and the back and forth, 
and the fact that then it went to overtime and then it looked like Buffalo's going to come down and the way they were moving the ball, they're like, it's going to happen again. As, as someone who's closely associated with many, many Vikings fans, I was already empathizing going, well, it looked good, but it happened again. And then all of a sudden that interception and I was like, well, there you go. You guys got one. It was it's so emotional. So, yeah, I, it, it's got to be top, top three for sure. Best. Oh yeah. Greatest Vikings games ever. And there have been some great ones. And, and I always put more weight on a postseason game uh, or a game that gets you into the postseason. Uh, but this, this was huge. And you mentioned the, the quarterback, Josh Allen gully. I'm glad as hell that he started that game. Because had we won this game and it was Case Keenum, what would we hear forever? <laughs> oh, yeah, it started exactly. right here on Ball Guy, too. I was already prepped. Like, come no, on. Was, oh, you beat the back up. <laughs> right? Because there's a, there's a thing going around Facebook right now about they look at the, the Viking schedule thus far and how they've won every game. It's like, okay, you beat Green Bay week one, but they always lose week one. You beat Detroit, but it's still Detroit. Like every single one you won, they had an excuse for it. I was like, "Here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be on this train right here." Case Keenum. Uh, yeah, it, you're right. It would have been the the victory with the asterisk. If mm-hmm. it Case Keenum. Absolutely. There's, there's mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, Dougie, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Gully. But do the Vikings need to uh, move on from Greg Joseph? Is it time for a new kicker? He let us down again, big time in the Buffalo game. God, and I don't even know if it's just him. I think, are they putting something in the air at the stadiums? Because I have seen, again, progressively every year, we're seeing more and more PATs and short field goals missed. But yeah, Joseph, he's one of the most consistent, non-consistent players. I would say, you know, is Fouad Revez still around? I mean, I think you could get him cheap. (laughs) Freddie Cox? Oh, jeez. Jan Oh, boy. Igwe Buikwe, I kicked them all. Wow. I kicked them all. Wow. Uh, Gully, these games are all so close. We're winning by one score, and those even a missed extra point is huge. Oh, it's 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 so key because you know that's that's potentially the margin at the at the end of the game, you know, the mm-hmm. one point. So um, yeah, I mean it's really been disappointing to see such inconsistency from him and and the only question I have is who's out there, right? I mean, exactly. You know, I I don't know who you're going to get that's going to be good enough to be better than him, and, and you know that that's the the million dollar question. And honestly, uh, maybe they could talk the uh, Minnesota Gophers kicker to come over and you know <laughs> kind of put on a Vikings jersey surreptitiously. <laughs> they play on Saturdays. The Vikings play on yeah, Sundays. Exactly. I think it works out scheduling wise. It's fine. It's, there might be some eligibility issues, but he's already in town anyway. Just let him go over. He can pay off some NCAA people like it hasn't happened before. Please. Please. Yeah, I'm kind of the same ilk there. I mean, I, it would feel so good. It always feels good, doesn't it, when you fire somebody and they've been letting you down and you're like, oh, good riddance. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Oh crap! Who's who's taking their job? Who's, you know? Right. What I feel like honestly, that's the only reason I'm still at the station most days. Is uh, well, let's get rid of them. But oh crap, yeah. there's nobody online to come up. <laughs> Who do we have? We up the miners right now. So <laughs> yeah, Dougie. At least you're able to fog the mirror, right? Yeah, exactly. False. I'm he still here. He shows up, so there's that. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, one one of the best parts of the game to me was was Stefan Diggs. 
Well, just such a great player. He's moved on. He's with Buffalo now. He makes this great one-handed catch, and you're like, God dang it. Now that's what everybody's going to be talking about is, you know, the Vikings made this huge mistake by by letting go of Diggs. And then Justin Jefferson says, Sean, hold my beer. I will make a catch twice as hard as yours. That that was an unbelievable catch. I mean, you know, you watch that in slow motion, and you realize that – in the effort to try and take the ball away, the defender actually helped him keep uh, the ball from did. hitting the ground. He did. It's like, here, let me, just, let me hand it to you because I don't want you yeah. to the big one for you. I know well, that I mean, you know, I'll, I'll brace it because you. I have two hands. You just have one. So I will <laughs> brace it for you because you're, you're falling backwards. That's going to hurt when you land. And you can't even fault the defender because that defender was all over that ball. It was a jump ball, and it was clearly yeah. Jefferson, his athletic ability. I mean, did you see how high he jumped in the air? Gosh. I mean, holy crap, he could have dunked easily from that height. My goodness. Yeah, he went like, up. He went up to get that. And that sounded like what? Wasn't that the fourth and 18 play? Too? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and instead of 18, they picked up like 32. Was amazing. So usually we need 18 and we get six. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was refreshing. Using the old Leroy Horde math. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Packers, the Packers uh, won. They uh, upset Dallas. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because the Vikings stay up five in the loss column. Uh, Dougie's Bears lose again. Are you guys eliminated this weekend? Uh, I, I read that like about two hours ago that if the Bears lose on Sunday and the Vikings win, the Bears are officially the first team eliminated from the playoffs. Ouch. And yesterday they were on the graphic still in the hunt. I'm like, still in the hunt. How bad is this division if we're still in the hunt? But can also be the first team eliminated. Fantastic. That's like saying Gully was still in the bar for the end of the Vikings game. No, he wasn't. Uh, no, he I wasn't. Oh. No. <laughs> well, at three and seven, they have the most losses in the NFC. So yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh Vikings play the Cowboys uh Sunday, 325. This will be the national game. We get uh who is it? Nance, Jim Nance, and uh Tony Romo for this one. And Gully, the last line I saw was uh Cowboys two point favorites. How does that work? Yeah, you know, I don't understand that. I mean, you know, yeah, the Cowboys beat the pack by one, or I mean the Bears rather, by one point you know, uh, last Sunday and, and, um, and frankly, the bears had an opportunity to, uh, to win that game. Right. Dougie. Oh, absolutely. They did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it was a convincing victory. Right. And, um, I don't know. I just don't understand how the odds makers are picking unless they just feel like, Oh, this is the time when the Vikings are going to have a letdown. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Can you think of any other reason? I, I can't. I mean, uh, Dougie, you, you help us out. You're more uh, objective when it comes to this. Well, I, I think it goes uh, from years and years of letdown. And I just think that I, I heard it best this last weekend. The Minnesota Vikings are the Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what they do, <laughs> no respect. That's, you're not going to get it. And I okay, think so here's, here's why I think the whole damn thing to get respect, I think. Here's why I think that that, you know, monkey on the back, which has been for forever, right? Here's where I think that that gets turned on its head, though. You have a completely new coaching staff. You have a completely new front office. You have a completely new feeling 
about this team, right? I mean, I, I this is a team. This is a team with a capital T. These guys are backing each other up. They're picking each other up when somebody makes a mistake. They are acting like a team. You're seeing leadership from Kirk Cousins that I've never witnessed, at least publicly before. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is a team that's different than any previous team that you would have expected a letdown from. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. And if you look at it from from the the yin and the yang of it, and you look at the team that has been successful in the division and what's going wrong with them, they're not a team. Those Packers are they're completely divided. Oh. It's Aaron Rodgers, and then it's like the rest of the team. And he's put himself so far removed from the rest of the team. There is no leadership and there's no camaraderie. And you guarantee after the game, those guys aren't gonna hop on a, a in a limousine and go get a beer somewhere. <laughs> but you believe that that's probably what these Vikings players are doing. <laughs> yeah, right. And then hopefully not ending up in jail, you know, in Miami. Right. So, uh, you had to take the dig, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. my job here. Love yeah. Boat was a long time ago. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Oh, boy. You uh, talked about after the game celebrations. Uh, was anybody disappointed? We didn't get any more any more uh, video of Kirko. Kirko Chains uh, rocking the, the chains this week. We didn't see it, Gully. No, we didn't see it, um, yeah. you know, and maybe it's just, you know, we don't want to see his bare chest again. I don't know. But anyway, um, I mean, I, I, I have to I have to assume that the chains were given again. Right. I mean, I, I kind of have to assume that, but we don't we don't have any video proof of it. Well, they went to Patrick Peterson is the is the video that came out. Oh, and he was shirtless and no offense to Kirk, because I would kill to have Kirk's shirtless body. Yeah, but um, I mean, upper half. I haven't seen yeah, the lower. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Patrick Peterson. What is he? 65, 70 years old. Fifty-seven <laughs> years old. He's chiseled. This guy is chiseled in stone. This has this guy hasn't had a carb in thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that insurer does for you, like you said. It boosted him up. It's low exactly. carb, yeah. low sugar. Oh my God! It's unbelievable. If you haven't seen the video yet, uh, no, I haven't. I, I didn't search that out, Gully. He's got all the chains on, and then the oh, good oh, oh. God. Well, that I mean, makes sense, really, because you know those two key interceptions. I mean, the Vikings lose about that. Huge, yeah. And then we still had to, yeah. It still came down to that. The uh, the the two interceptions played huge. The defense has come up when they've needed to. It's just I don't know. We're getting the. When we need those clutch plays and we seldom ever get them, they're there. That's another reason. I just think if you're not on board, if you're not a believer after after the Buffalo game, I just don't know when you will be. I, right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then to make things even better, how about Monday Night Football? And look at that. The Eagles get their first L. Nice. Yeah, that didn't hurt my feelings to see all those sad Eagles fans. <laughs> Did not hurt my feelings at all. Nope. So what do they do when they lose? Do they beat themselves up or what? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> they throw that? full beer cans at each other. What? <laughs> do they kick themselves out of the stadium? I don't know. <laughs> Direct each other to their own cars? I, <laughs> how does that work? All right. So um, anybody else panic over Justin Jefferson's fake hamstring injury during his uh, gritty TD celebration? Did y'all see that? He came up, oh, oh, my hammy. Did you see that? And the, the uh, TV announcers bit on it, too. They won. 
Wow. No, yeah. I didn't actually see that. I, well, yeah, he's I, doing the, gr- the gritty and he pulls up lame like he pulled a hammy. Oh, my God. And the announcer just loses it. And I'm like, there's no way. The shape that he's in, that he's going to pull a hammy? Doing that little bit? No, no. Uh, Three in a row at home now. Cowboys, Patriots, Jets. How are they going to go in those three? Why do you get us started? On paper, they can beat all three of them. But all three of those teams, they're, they're... They're shifty. Like, you don't really know what to expect, especially, I think, with, uh, I mean, the Jets are playing uh, way above and beyond what anyone thought they were going to. But when you get to the Patriots, again, I think it's so much about their preparation and their coaching. I mean, their their team on paper isn't that good, but they're scary because you never know which team is going to show up. I would be, obviously, I think that it's going to be a good game against Dallas because they're just a talented team. And if they can figure out how to get their crap together (laughs) compared to where they were at last year, but I would be more worried about the Patriots than the Jets and the Jets are on paper, a much better team. Wow. All right. Gully, what do you think out of those three? What's our record going to be coming out of those? Well, I'd like it to be three and oh, I think realistically uh, probably two and one. And I hope the one that we lose isn't against the Patriots because it'll spoil Thanksgiving for us all. Yeah, that's Thanksgiving night. Yeah, so let's hope Your it isn't that one. On a national game, I hate to I hate to be the one to bring that part up, but yeah, not his well. And, and so is this Sunday, right? Because it's the late game, so it's it's going to be nationally televised as well. Yep. So we've got two of those in a row, Ouch. and then uh, and then the Jets, which are obviously a te- you know that's a team you better take pretty seriously. So I. Any one of those teams are they're all dangerous. And um yeah, I mean, and so going back to what I said before, which is, you know, there's a whole different psyche about this team. The coaching is really good. Um, it seems like one of the things I've really appreciated about the coaching staff so far this year is they are able to adapt when things aren't going the way that they want it to, right? Mm-hmm. So we've we've come from behind a bunch of times. Well, you don't come from behind without making some adjustments. And it seems like the coaching staff has has really good, you know, hand on the pulse of where you need to make adjustments. Well, and the play calling has been so much better, too. Now, as a Bears fan, one of my favorite plays that the Vikings did was third and long, draw play up the middle. And they did it consistently. And I'm not seeing that play this year. Right. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, that defense that, is that, supposed that, to prepare for that now because that was their play over and over and over and over. That that's yeah. the, that was the fourth and eighteen, uh, you know, and, and run for six yards deal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. I guess I mean I could do a whole half hour on the Vikings because that that game that was just that was something that yeah. that was amazing. Um, yeah, but we'll move on because breaking news right before ball guys started. Report, Twins will make yeah. Carlos Correa richest offer in team oh, history. In team history. What? history. But what does that mean? Because they're yeah. cheapskates, so <laughs> is that really saying anything? I was I was talking to Spence about that because it, it popped up on my uh, on my phone right before we started, and I was like, the, the most expensive offer ever in Minnesota team history Oh, yeah. be a low ball offer compared to yes. 12 other teams in the league. Yeah. 
What the Dodgers? They're the, what if they offer him the richest offer in their team history? Well, then oh, we're boy. screwed. Yeah, <laughs> then he's the most expensive player ever. Yeah, he's going to get uh, anywhere between. I think the numbers were like two sixty and three hundred mil, and seven, eight, nine years somewhere in that in that range. And that money could be more if there's some team so desperate and so rich that they just they throw caution to the wind. But would Twins fans get the hell over the idea that we're this small market team with no money and disadvantages? That's bull crap. We're owned by the Polads, some of the yeah. richest SOBs in this country, and they print money at Target Field even in an off year like last year, right? So to say that we can't afford, and then if they, well, we sprung for Correa, so we'll have to dumpster dive for pitching again this year. Uh-uh. You can do both. Yes. Right. Full ads. Oh, my God. I just, I'm so sick of that line of thinking, and we have to get over that. That This, this isn't little, uh, the, who is the guy that owned the uh, the twins before the Polads? Griffith. Oh, yeah. Cal Griffith. Cal Griffith, right? The right. family, the family-run team. These are the Polads. They can afford to do better, and they should do better by their fans. Okay. Well, and, and you know, and, and and if you want to put butts in seats, field a team that everybody's excited about. Yes. I mean, come on, get some, get some get some good starting pitching. You know, sign Correa if you feel like he's the guy that you want to have in your clubhouse, and I can certainly see that. Yeah. Um. And. uh but, you know, a seven to nine year contract, I mean, good God, you know, th- those are the things that, you know, from a financial standpoint can bite you in the butt. But I guess you just kind of take it. Yeah, roll the dice sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah. And go out and get a quality pitcher. Do you think that the, the Twins fans might be a little bit gun shy about a long term contract worth that kind of amount of money because of the Mauer deal? I mean, don't get me wrong, hometown oh. boy, great story. But I think, you know, with them not being willing to spend more money outside of the Mauer deal, like you said, they have the money. We could get Correa and still get pitching. But, you know, at the time when they signed Mauer to that huge, long contract, they weren't going to spend any money on anything else. It really, it, it kind of, you know, it shackled us for a while. It, it, was, it was hard to put other people on the field after the Mauer deal. And I think that that's what some Twins fans now are looking back at going, God, that's a long-term contract worth a lot of money. Is that going to screw us for the next six, seven, eight years? So, yeah, Maurer had him over a barrel. There's no doubt about it. It was his contract coming up right as they were leaving Metrodome and going to Target, mm-hmm. and he had just this amazing. He, I hit like didn't he hit like thirty home runs? Yeah, it's crazy career year. I feel yeah, career year in your in your contract year with the team about to to christen a brand new stadium and that's your Minnesota boy and that's such a big deal to us here in Minnesota yeah. oh, he's one yeah. of us you know he's the yeah. St. Paul kid and he for all those reasons and more had them over a barrel he was the face of the franchise and oh. they couldn't do anything but sign him I, I think what we do to avoid that, Dougie, is we we have if if Correa is interested in our offer, we have him meet with our crack medical staff <laughs> and have <laughs> sarcasm and was, uh, all the way down the hall. We have <laughs> sorry about that. <sighs> we have him screened 
for bilateral leg weakness and just to make sure he doesn't suffer from what Maurer had. Yeah, oh. so he can, he can actually play out at a high level the yes. entire contract. Yeah. The and Boston thing, we went in, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to cite Byron Buxton, Dougie, and and that's that's a totally different deal because it's a lot less money, and they they know he's made of light bulb glass. They just oh. know, they know it. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that's uh, that's just so frustrating because you look at the guy, he doesn't look fragile. Oh, no, not at all. He looks like a stud, yes. and yet every time there's something, you know, it's something. All the time. Well, and last year they got us so excited. They're like, "Yeah, we've been working with him. He's not going to run into the walls as much, and yeah. he's not going to take those chances in the outfield." And then it's like a base running snafu that he gets oh. hurt, and then he's out months. I mean, throughout the course of the season, he was literally out what half the season at least. At least it felt like it. Yeah, this year it'll probably be uh, eating a piece of steak. <laughs> you sneezed wrong. You bent over to tie your shoe. <laughs> It's like my injuries, but I'm 55 and out of shape. So, you know, I, I have an excuse. Okay. I slept wrong. I'm out for a month. Like, oh, God. All right. Here's, here's what the twins on social media have been pumping this week until the Korea thing broke a little while ago. Ready to lay your eyes in the twins' new look? If you're able, show up at the Mall of America Rotunda, 11.30 a.m. Friday for the club's unveiling of its brand refresh. Brand refresh. Didn't Subway do that a few years ago? Following that event, Twins players and alumni will be available for photo opportunities, and the Twins store will be stocked with new Twins merchandise following the unveiling, because all your old crap is now obsolete. Is what <laughs> exactly. You, right? Uh, Gully, is this what Twins fans want? New unis? A new logo? Or do we want a team that wins playoff games? I, I, I think that's a rhetorical question, but right? yeah, you know, I mean, it's silly. I mean, I understand teams do this, you know, from time to time. It's fine, but you're right. It's not what fans want. We want to see the twins make some deals in the off season. We've talked about this for forever. I mean, before the ball guys was the ball guys. This has been a discussion right. on twins fans. It's like, right. when are they going to pull the trigger and get some pitching? When are they going to get, you know, when are they going to get these quality players uh, on the open market? Yes, you want to develop guys in the farm system, but you guys know what that's like. I mean, it's it's, it's a crapshoot. It is. Absolutely. You don't you don't know what you have until they're in the majors, and then by that time, you've invested what probably six, seven, sometimes eight years. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, so yeah, the Astros seem to be able to figure that out. They they have all this homegrown pitching talent. Well, maybe th this is a pull-ed cash grab. We can all agree on that, I think. They, they're not doing this for the fans. Duh. We no. Nobody was clamoring for this. But if that's what enables them to pay for a Correa and <laughs> a frontline starter and, and a catcher to make a solid right up the middle, then then introduce those new jerseys. Go. I'm home. getting the whole damn uniform then. I'll get pants and shirts <laughs> and cleats. I'll get the whole thing head to toe. <laughs> Is well, there is there a logo jock strap you can get to? No, I don't know, I think there's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys to go back a little bit with me here. Um, there was a documentary not all that long ago. Um, I think it was called uh The Natural. I believe it was a it was an actually a documentary. It had it looked the guy looked just like Robert Redford, but it was an actual documentary. 
Now, now remember uh, that was... team was losing <laughs> until they yeah. got the lightning bolt patch on their jersey. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, oh sure. So we're yeah. learning. We'll go all yeah. the way around to get to that. There was. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys stuck with me. <laughs> had me worried Those there for jerseys? a while. I was Those like, jerseys might do it. That might be the key. It's the lightning bolt pass oh, on this team. I went for it like the TV announcer and the hamstring injury. I yeah. just, I, I yeah. bet. I really did. I'm like, is that Hulu or is that Netflix? What is that? <laughs> oh, my God. So the Gopher football team pummels a horrible Northwestern team last Saturday. They're yeah. so bad. Uh, but they're tied for first in the Big Ten West. They've won three straight against pretty bad teams. Uh, let's see. Are the Gophers legitimate contenders again? There's a big, what, three, four-way tie at first. Um, what do you think? For what? Are I mean, legit, are they legit contenders to win the the the, the West? Oh, you know, the West, sure. But I mean, they did. They just beat three bad teams to get themselves back into first place. But it's 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 almost like a professional team making the playoffs and then just going, uh, "We're done." <laughs> So even if they win the West, what what is it going to mean? Because it's it's the weaker of the two divisions, and it's yep. I don't know. I'm happy they're winning, but yeah, again, look at the competition too. It's you don't want to you don't want to have that snow on your window where you can't quite see the road. So I don't know. Maybe we can't really see what this team is doing because we're not seeing no quality opponents. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. They'll probably end up in the Frito Bowl or whatever the heck, you know, they were in last year. Uh, didn't you I, go I to that know, game? Yeah. You went to that game, didn't you? I did. Arizona? Yeah. I did. That's a whole story of its own, and we don't have time to talk about it. Like that. <laughs> All right. But, All but right. they did They did win that game. You know, it was it was good. So, um, Mo Ibrahim is just an absolute beast. Oh, is he though? Because he's tiny. He's just a little guy. He's got legs like tree stumps, yeah. and that low center of gravity. He's harder than hell to bring down. But guys, I'll ask you both: Is Mo Ibrahim a first round NFL draft pick? Oh boy, that's a great question. I think I I would have to see who else is out there too, and and where the demands are for the teams because. I mean, if if running backs start going quick, yeah, I think he's going to go. But, I mean, if people are, you know, every year there seems to be an emphasis on one position. I mean, look at quarterbacks last year. After, like, the first two quarterbacks went, they didn't go until, like, the second or third round. So it's, I think it's going to be those first couple of picks on the draft when they set the tone for where it's going to go. It's kind of like a fantasy football draft. If the first two picks are running backs, you need a running back. I think he's going to be good. Like you said, such a low center of gravity. He's quick, he's shifty, but powerful. My goodness. You know, I'm I'm not sure if uh, you know, it's it's kind of like I think in terms of other sports like the NHL, for instance, you know, small guys in the NHL typically don't do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just it's it's just gotten big, you know. They're just they're just big guys. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of what are some other examples of guys built like that that have succeeded at running back in the NFL. And in modern day NFL, not not you know twenty twenty five years ago, <laughs> right? And there have been there have been some, um, but yeah, yeah, like a like a barber, like isn't what Tiki Barber, like guy like that wasn't wasn't overly huge, right? Right. Um, well, David Montgomery is real big, and he is yeah 
he's one of the best after the first contact runners in the league right now. So and he's Bucks. he's not big, but he's thick yeah. too. Buccaneers had a guy like that back in the day. It was an all star or uh, oh, one of my all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there have been uh, just I worry the size is going to scare people away. But if you you know if you go by the stats, he's definitely a first round pick. Yeah, stats. Yeah. But if you go by size, he probably falls to the second, maybe even the third round. I don't know. And and like you say, Dougie, it's a running back hasn't been a position that's drafted high recently. It just it isn't. You know, the NFL is in a big running game right now. And I feel like uh, people have been so successful with those second and third round running backs that they're not willing to take that chance because they know they're probably going to fall if they let them go to the next round. So they'll they'll be someone to draft in the second or third. Why take them in the first? Yeah. Well, guys, we'll wrap it up here because we're actually I'll, I'll cut us off. We're actually over, and you know we're we're two we're two men down. Um, we're definitely uh, skating shorthanded today with with no Spence. And no TJ. TJ's the voice of everything MSU, Mankato University related. So we have to get him well. He's got like 14 games to do this weekend. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Playoff football. We got Maverick oh. hockey. It's just, yeah, it's a stacked weekend. So we got to get that guy. Uh, who's bringing him chicken soup? Who's bringing him the electrolytes? Because I think we need. Maybe we try and sure. <laughs> try some. I- Sure, I'll I'll take care of the TP for him. So, no, that's that's unfortunate. All right, (laughs) (laughs) but on that rather poopy note, we wrap up the call, guys. We'll see you soon.